0: spags i'm back i'm not battling you know poor internet connection drapes that are distracting you and today we're going to draft a bbm3 team on your
1: account yeah we are going to head over to my account today to compete for 10 million dollars in prizes and underdog Fantasy's best ball mania three and i'm going to talk about a fantasy analyst i drafted with today that quite frankly pete i was not impressed by the draft but we'll hit that right after this intro Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, a newly vacation, a newly refreshed tan on one Peter Overset. How are you doing, Pete? Uh yeah, wow. Thanks for uh for noticing. Uh my mother-in-law
0: was like, Oh Pete, you're really getting really getting tan these days. And then my father-in-law is like, you should, you should probably put on some more sunscreen. You ever want to get in the shade a little bit? Um, so yeah, real push and pull, but yeah, I, I do enjoy attempting to get a tan in the summer. Cause I know I'm going to look like Mike Leone
1: by December anyways. <laughs> that is a fair point. And also you got to bring out the musculature you've been working so hard on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know it, it's funny Spags, how you feel so oppressed, not having a bench club, you know, for underdog, but some of us, you know, just kind of find a way to do both Spags. Have you ever thought about doing that?
1: No, I can only do one thing at a time, Pete. As, as you're going to find out come this December, <laughs> hard to get in those workouts some days. Uh, we're doing the best we can. And, uh, of course, make sure you're following at Peter over at following at Chris Spags, and following at Splash Play Pods. You can find out whenever we're doing a show. Of course, subscribe to the Peach channel. Subscribe to the Splash Play channel as well, because tomorrow, Friday here, if you are not going on vacation, if you're hanging out at home, feel free to hang out with me and do a Splash Play solo stream where I'll be doing usually two best ball drafts I'll be doing on Underdog. So uh, go check that out tomorrow on the Splash Play channel. And, of course, subscribe on there. For our march actually pete we are closing in on a thousand subs i guess i'll say closing in very liberally We're like 150 or so subs away on youtube but also closing in a on thousand followers on twitter so i feel like that's the engagement threshold you want to hit to show that you have like any kind of actual pull
0: I mean, Spags, you've um, you know famously since we started the Splash Play Twitter account, you've promoted the follow back. I think even some people have gotten upset that you continue to push that thing. I mean, have you considered doing a stretch goal to get us to a thousand? Like you will, you know, send everyone a cookie who subscribes between now and a thousand. A handwritten note. Um, maybe Spags will review your best ball team online if you can show proof that you're a new subscriber. I don't know, Spags. I'm just thinking, like, anything to push us across the uh, the finish line here.
1: No, I think that's a smart way to look at it, Pete. Certainly something I should have thought of, I guess. But I'm just as, assuming people will have goodwill and just enjoy hanging out on a Friday or catching up on a Saturday and a Sunday, having a lazy gin and tonic. Who <laughs> is was, was a gin and tonic in the morning on a Saturday? I don't know. Whoever, Whatever alcoholics are out there that want to watch a best ball stream, um, I think that's what I'm going for, Pete, is Just relying more on the content than gimmickry. But I'll do gimmickry if the people want gimmickry. No, you already I spags we're we're past the point of gimmickry. You you follow anyone back who follows the splash play handle. I mean the biggest gimmick of all. Well, I would also say too, like I have, I wanted to bring it up to you and I guess we'll do it on the air. Um, so the spike week guys last week did a hot dog eating contest and it, it, yeah. like, Hey, you know, I, I do, we are at similar subscriber levels. Pete and I have talked about that on this show that I try to, you know, we love those guys Bime for and Coakley and, and Silas. A lot of those guys are doing great work and I fully recommend subscribing over there, but it is like, you know, you want to stay neck and neck and they did a hot dog eating competition. Pete, we used to be the ones doing silly antics for much less viewers on the regular than we have now. And I feel like we're kind of resting on our laurels that quite frankly are not that long.
0: Yeah. Um, no, but they, they did. Ours was just like a pure uh, sprint uh, to eat mm-hmm. it. They did, I believe. I haven't got to catch the stream. I saw some of the uh, the highlights there. I it believe they one were trying to do a hot for round. every pick. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, our version of that is, you know, we do the Italian characters, I get stoned <laughs> again, and we do a slice of za
1: for, uh for every pick. Could we do one puff? per round could we be like the edgy fantasy football podcast that likes to smoke a little weed but does it like off camera so it's like really sly yeah that's that'll that'll really fool people of uh, i
0: didn't inhale on
1: camera so you can't you can't get me on that one <laughs> as it looks like snoop Dogg's hanging out in the room with us i don't know just throwing ideas out there if you guys have your suggestions it, feel free to throw them in whether it be to get subs or not pete what, what do you have
0: no i'm just doing like the math like it, there's typically right nine nine slices in a, in a pizza if you and i both had two larges <laughs>
1: what kind of pizzas are you getting there's eight slices of pizza
0: eight slices <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I I wanted it to be 18 so bad because I was like, if there's nine and nine and then for each uh one, you get a pick. I don't know. I didn't think it through fucking eight <laughs> slices. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, it's, uh pizza's normally 16 inches or 18 inches, I think, for an extra large. And then again, I'm Italian here. I, hey, uh, Pizzas are 18 inches. <laughs> that's but no, that's, you know, I, I feel like going for nine <laughs> slices. That's insane. How would you split those pizzas up?
0: Um, I know we well, basically what we'd have to do is each get two pizzas and then it was basically you get a pick for every slice you eat.
1: Um, and then so someone would end up getting more picks. I don't want to do this, though. It sounds awful. <laughs> All right. So I want to bring to the table. And actually, Pete, I'll throw it to you first. Of course, if there's any NFL news, I did not get to read the Fantasy Life newsletter today. Of course, you are grinding so lovingly on the websites up as well. Worth checking out on Fantasy Life, FantasyLife.com, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We just launched our uh, our new website too. Um, it's actually really cool. The amount of free tools that they have up there. If you're trying to do screeners, like we have air yards database, all the like rushing, uh, receiving defensive efficiency stats, um, pretty good place to just go and check how, we have ADP across underdog FFPC and FC. So it is a pretty nice one-stop shop uh, for,
1: for some of those tools there. If you're looking for them. So I saw you had your exposure to the newsletter today, just talking about some of your picks or that might've been yesterday, but any news items that are worth bringing to people, I guess, besides the the elephant in the room, the Baker Mayfield elephant in the room that has a lot of ramifications. And I should give you the floor first before I start to opine about what this means for the greater fantasy industry.
0: No, I mean, it, it does feel like, uh, there's already been a ton of content about it. I think it's, uh, Interesting in that it's just giving everyone more confidence in Baker and DJ Moore, and it does seem like Robbie Anderson now is going to get vaulted up. I know uh, ETR has a really aggressive ranking on him. I think you know at the time of the news they were you know some seventy spots ahead of ADP on Robbie Anderson, so we'll probably see him creep up. You know maybe just after that, like Jamison Crowder range would probably be my guess of where his ADP settles. So they're still not the most exciting team we were talking about on the cast where it's like. People aren't really going out of their way to double stack um, the Panthers. Uh, so I'm probably still going to pick my spots there. But it does – I think I was listening to Hayden and Josh talk about this, and I agreed with their take where they said it like raises the floor of this team where it's like with Sam Darnold, they really could crater. The ceiling is probably not that much different. It's hard to imagine Baker just setting the world on fire. Unless um, you know CMC and DJ Moore just getting loose for for all kinds of touchdowns, so yeah, I think that just confidence level goes up. But I didn't really think it had you know massive ramifications on stuff.
1: Our Football Outsiders guys, I think Mike Tanier in particular, who does the walkthrough column, that's really become a, a big thing in the industry that people are reading every single week. So make sure to check that out. If you want to check out some Football Outsiders things, that's one of the first I'd recommend. But he was talking about how like this trade basically was like, OK, so the Panthers are getting a little bit money off the deal. The Browns are paying part of his contract. They're also giving up a really low draft capital pick. So it just kind of seemed like a trade that uh, neither team wanted to make. I do think Mayfield's an upgrade on Sam Darnold. And I say that again, uh, knowing that I cape for all the USC alums on this show a lot, but with Baker Mayfield, the thing to me is like, th- there are a lot of great stats that kind of point to him really being disrupted last year by the shoulder issue, which just kind of lingered. And then he tried to play through it and it just got worse. And the team uh, certainly didn't have uh, a lot of great things going around him with the Odell stuff as well. But I feel like to me, like Baker has some positive things he could point to. Like he performed well before that shoulder entry. He's always been a pretty good deep ball thrower in terms of both volume and accuracy. So I get taking the flyer on him. It just feels like a spot where nobody really wanted Baker. The Seahawks right before this trade put out uh, like a news item about, yeah, we are not interested at all in Baker Mayfield, but seemed odd. And I feel bad for Baker. Like he doesn't seem like this bad of a dude, but it really feels like the Panthers took him just because nobody else at all wanted him. Well, yeah. And I think
0: he has to do a little bit of kind of a rehab on his image because now everyone is like, Oh, he had this falling out with the team. Is he, you know, a, a locker room cancer? Is he hard to deal with all of these things? So I think he knew he was going to have to take a pay cut. He wasn't going to get, you know, no one clearly, uh, teams were not, you know, knocking on his door to, uh, to get him to come play for him. So I do think he has to kind of reboot his image in his career a little bit, and this isn't the worst spot to do it. I mean, he doesn't have hardly any quarterback competition. He gets some decent weapons. Um,
1: I think it's a really good fit for, for both teams. Yeah, division kind of in transition as well. With you know Tom Brady retired and then came back, so you expect there to be continuity there. But that is something that could be a bit of a red flag. The Saints changing over their coaching staff Atlanta. We've talked about here. I do believe in that team and what they can do. Uh, hopefully in the second year of Arthur Smith. But still seems like there's enough uh, bad signs around them, especially in the Vegas futures. So um, a spot where Baker could be useful. And and Pete, obviously this means a lot for the Seattle Seahawks, of course, who were tied so much to Baker Mayfield. People were reporting that there were jerseys in the back end of the Seattle Seahawks merch store. All this stuff. And I have to say like I really think this makes me very confident that Drew Lock is starting at least a handful of games next year Pete if not the entire season and and the US Open and I are watching with wide open eyes here hoping that Drew Lock pays off all these dividends.
0: Yeah, um you know I forget what podcast I was listening to. Maybe I was listening to Davis and for talk the other day. And uh, your personal brand is now so firmly tied to Drew Locke that they even had to offer an apology uh, to you before saying how there's zero chance that Drew Locke is the quarterback come week 17. So congratulations. I mean, your name's getting dragged through the mud, but what do they say,
1: Spags? No, uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. No, especially if you're trying to get those subs up, trying to get some thumbnails on myself out there on YouTube. No, I, I support it. I'm fully willing to be tied with my brand of Drew Locke now, especially that we got one more potential risk out of the way. Like like I talked about those Baker Mayfield deep throw stats. Like that's what Drew Locke's advantage is. And I saw people also tag me a lot. And uh, Jared over at PFF uh, posted a meme about like, oh, here's the thing with Drew Locke. Like he's going to throw it as deep as anybody. The issue is he has no clue where it's going. <laughs> and it's like, I get that that's the perception of him. But when you have DK Metcalf, when you have Tyler Lockett and K. Metcalf also paying for, you know, playing for a contract here, young running backs with Rashad Penny and, and, you know, Ken Walker. Like I like the spot a lot for Drew Locke and I'll continue to beat the drum. And Pete, if this ends up being right, like this is going to be one thing that I feel like there'll be reverberations throughout the industry for me and Drew Locke.
0: Yeah. um, You know, it's, uh, I would say low risk, high reward for you, but it's actually, it's a high risk, low reward. Um, Everyone is going to remember this call regardless. And if Drew Locke is playing in week 17, it's probably going to be incredibly underwhelming and you won't even be able to victory lap it. So it's the perfect
1: non-asymmetric type of bet that you like to make. 60 combined total for that New York Jets, Seattle Seahawks game in week 17. That's what I'm hoping for. Pete, it's time here to get into a Ball mania draft. And here's what you can tell Pete wants to move the show along. He pulled up the screen share on my computer <laughs> before I even had a chance to. Busy afternoon today, Spags. I got four shows Trying
0: to cram a bunch of stuff in. Need to write the newsletter for tomorrow. Uh, busy busy day. We got to rip this
1: draft off. All right. So we are now in the draft room here. And Pete, as I was talking about earlier, I did do a couple drafts. So I actually did one with two different fantasy. Well, actually, I did a handful. Like, There's a lot of fantasy analysts now, it seems, like starting to get their druthers with the best ball drafts, trying to dive in. Um, one person who actually I was, didn't bring up to you before the show that also had a baffling draft. And this is a person, Pete, you've recently done shows with, um, I've recently done shows with, or at least a show with. Uh, do you know who this person was who had a very perplexing draft? I think about a half hour before our show. Wait, who? who not was who it? we talked about. Another person. No, no. You said it's out. someone that I've done shows with? Yep. Uh, was it Davis? Pat Corain drafted four quarterbacks in the draft right before the show like a like a clear auto draft
0: situation or he waited really late and was going for something funky. He,
1: he got two as his QB2, so I don't know. I could pull it up in a second if you want, but um but it, it threw me for a loop and it was one where I was like, "What is Crane doing here?" and like the, the opening of the draft was like very like Korean. It was like, you know, got some early wide receiver value, got some a uh, nice running backs so they got Brees Hall and one other guy. And then it was four QBs and I was like, "What is what is going on? Is Crane just completely distracted?" <laughs> so who who ended up being his quarterbacks?
0: I need to know um, if he deserves okay. to
1: be roasted. Tua let me pull it up. I'll pull it up on. Yeah, let's
0: let's draft. pull let's pull up this crane draft.
1: All right, hold on. Um, <laughs> completed. All right. I'm also now just shy of a 100 best ball mania drafts. So I've got 97 for myself.
0: I I've made some progress. I've been on a pretty good one a day uh routine. I think I'm up to like 77 or 78. Um,
1: we're on the clock here. Uh, Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: I've been missing out on Jefferson a lot ended up with a lot of chase um but not a ton of Jefferson
1: all right so this draft let me make sure this is the right one with uh, blah, blah, blah.
0: yeah this is this is when you're talking about a Corrine 4 QB draft you have to wonder if uh internet refresh issue <laughs> all
1: right I got I'm pulling it up now hold on one second uh I have to stop this screen first of course yeah. Pete you know as a production you're expert you're growing how this works. <laughs> Normally
0: right. the key is to not talk through what you're doing as you're doing it. So there's more of a sleight of hand to it all.
1: I'm used to the, now the uh, you know, these aspects of the solo stream, Pete, where I'm just narrating everything. Like I'm Mr. Rogers. But you can see here, Pat in the four hole starts logically. I think in a way that I find appealing, Justin Jefferson, Tyree kill, AJ Brown, Gabe Davis, Brees hall, AJ Dylan. Like this all makes sense. Yeah. To have, like an elite tight end there, but looks like a good crane draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we keep the going down here of this team. So then we get to the QBs. So Justin Fields this is QB one. I guess I didn't realize that. Ooh. But oh, he goes Fields. Yeah. Fields to uh... a <laughs> no Pat. Pat. No, <laughs>
0: Pat. What are and you then, doing? Uh, are
1: we, here, let's see the full roster here. A lot of these not correlated Pat. either anyway. <laughs>
0: Pat, I bet dude. Oh, this is a clear internet outage and/or like Murphy had an emergency and Pat just had to donate here. Uh, I I'm gonna go ahead right now. And I am going to distance my good friend, my co-manager, my co-host, Pat Crane's name from this draft. It was an accident. He would never willingly do this. He also took Albert O over Greg Dolchich. I mean, I I think someone hijacked uh, this draft for him.
1: Well, I had to think about it. I was like, Crane is like Daily Rojo, right? It was like what I was thinking about for myself. And I was like, yeah, that's that's him. Like, I'm confident that's the account. And yeah, really, it threw me for a loop, I had to say. (laughs) Incredible.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to get the lowdown on that uh, that draft from Pat here. You know what? I'll I'll message him now and then maybe we could get the uh, we can get the, the word on it.
1: All right, and we can see the pick, the draft here going We're back to our draft. And, um, and yeah, there's one more analyst who drafted today, uh, Pete. I'll tell you this one offhand. I, I don't want to pull the guy's account up because I don't want to out him. He is a guy who has a pretty good YouTube following. But I would say this is sort of my caveat that, you know, like I were on this show that a, a lot of what I've learned from best ball started with learning from Pete, watching his shows, engaging with that content, and then trying to expand my knowledge base in the hopes that I bring something useful to the table. There are some guys out there, Pete, that I think, you know, even if we don't say it out loud, um, we can say that there are some, you know, analysts out there that – pick up a following and maybe don't have the bona fides in the way that you'd want to see in terms of just research and knowledge base.
0: Um, sorry. Say that again. I was, uh,
1: was typing to Pat. What was it? No, it's okay. And I'm also getting spammed in the, in the YouTube chat. I know Um, I, I'm trying to block this guy. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, look, I would say that. So like, would you be willing to agree with me, Pete, that there are sometimes guys who pick up a following in the fantasy industry, whether it be for, you know, they've been doing it since 2002, let's say, whatever the case, uh, you know, I'm not calling anybody out specifically in that way, but sometimes people are doing it forever. Sometimes people just kind of strike a chord with YouTube algorithms. Not every family, fantasy analyst out there, Pete, is good. Would, would you agree on that?
0: Uh, yes, I think it's very safe to say. I, I spend a lot of my time tweeting about uh, the counselor. So yes, I'm
1: well aware of this phenomenon. So would you also say that if a fantasy analyst that you respect, we're on the clock here, let's um, get some mark, swift baby come
0: on spags draft a uh, good running back for once in your life
1: i would like mark andrews but i'll take swift for you just because you are a new dad and i support new dads
0: uh i did get breaking news from pat he has said multi-table failure so <laughs> he said first time i tried it this year a dot 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 still working out the kicks my god <laughs> so, wow right, there we go wow uh, sorry. Okay, so go where? Where are you going with this? You're all right. So let me let me really the cutscene. Actually, I'll do that. I
1: won't pull it up on the screen, so we won't out this person. Because I don't want to. I don't want to start beef, Pete. Like I'm not a. I'm a grown man now. I try not to start beefs with people. But sometimes when I see something, I want to point out that you shouldn't just blindly follow somebody because they have sixty thousand. So you're you
0: are you are doing the subtweet version of of beef. I don't want to start beef, but I'm gonna talk shit about this person.
1: <laughs> all right. So what about this wide receiver group, Pete? Um, and a two four nine three build. You have a ross Saint Brown as your receiver. Receiver one. You have Michael Thomas as your wide receiver two. We're on the clock again.
0: Um, let's see. Oof. Um, hang on one sec. Um, Pittman. I don't know. I, I, I know. I, I probably take Javante Williams here, but I'm fine with Pittman because I know you get uncomfortable. <sighs> you know what? I'll get outside
1: already. my comfort zone because I did draft a lot of nice zero RB teams today. All right. So wide receiver one, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Wide receiver two, Michael Thomas. Three, Christian Kirk four, Robert Woods, five, McCole Hardman, six, Christian Watson, DJ Chark at seven, uh, George Pickens at eight, KJ Hamler at nine. Does that sound like a good wide receiver group to you? Honestly, it's,
0: yeah, it's fine, right?
1: Fuck. All right, well, <laughs> how about a QB if you pair that group with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, um, both a little bit behind ADP? So it's, it's a two QB? Yeah, build? two elite QB build. Yeah.
0: I'm not I'm not a two-elite QB guy unless I'm getting an extreme discount on one of them. I think there's too much opportunity cost.
1: And then what if the first three picks were Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, and Javante Williams? How many total running backs did they take? Four. Sounds
0: like they did a fine structural build.
1: What, I, what okay, t- I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. That's no wide receivers in the first six rounds. <laughs>
0: No, it's not, it's not ideal. Like if you're doing hyper fragile, I, I don't, you can, you cannot do double elite quarterback. If you're doing hyper fragile, what are the tight ends? Uh, the tight, Oh, I
1: pulled, I put it away just cause I, I felt like I lost the argument.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> the tight- I mean, it's, it's, it's not
1: like, it just wasn't as egregious as I thought it was going to be. The tight ends, Pat Freermuth, Hayden Hurst, who I was scooped on for no reason to, and Brevin Jordan. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, my biggest, Quibble is, I, I I don't think you can go double elite QB with, with hyper fragile and, and also miss out on a, an elite tight end. But they honestly seem to, other than that rogue quarterback pick, um, seem to kind of understand at least how to allocate resources after that.
1: I Sorry, would say Spags. if you put that in the roster construction explorer, I don't think it would be looked upon favorably is all I would say. And it, and it stuck out to me that like, I don't know, you shouldn't take. Like five your first five picks being quarterbacks and running backs that aren't correlated. Like, I don't know. It just stuck me is like this. It is w- a this was money. a best Ball Mania draft. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And no, no, there were and it's hard for me. I'm just hearing the structural numbers. You're saying there wasn't a single stack on there? Um, there was like a, a I think a Mahomes McColl Hardman stack was the only thing that was okay. there. Yeah. Look,
0: yeah. Spags, a lot of people out there aren't ripping off hundreds of these drafts. Um, but yes, I I your point is well taken. Okay. Um, be careful who you who you listen to. On the other hand, Spags, sometimes this is a gift. There, I, I sometimes very much hope for. I want to have my cake and eat it too, right, Spags? I want to share what I think is good information and talk through what I think is good strategy. But if everyone thought exactly like us, the rooms would be miserable. I've done ship chasing drafts. It it Mm -hmm. sucks drafting with everyone who thinks the same. So I like when these content creators have big platforms and they're pushing strategies that I don't think are optimal. It does allow balance uh, in the universe. And uh, so I do, I'm thankful for them. Like I wish Counselor was the biggest fantasy analyst in the world. Like it would help help me out.
1: I feel like we might've missed a little bit of a wide receiver avalanche, Pete.
0: um no yeah, we'll just take your guy dk metcalf
1: all right fine i just man I, I just don't like the way this draft broke and this is how i feel every time i take more than one running back in the first you know three to four rounds
0: well i guess the one thing is this is a red badge brigade uh draft so that's that's definitely contributing to things we're gonna be fine though
1: all right Yeah. You know, i just don't you know not i this actually might be the only times i think i've taken the andre swift are in rooms that you have told me to take the andre swift
0: I think DeAndre Swift is an awesome pick. Man, really? this uh this chatbot guy is uh, is looking <laughs> is
1: is creative and resilient today. I think, I like that he's trying to set up settlement as though like he's the one <laughs> who's doing yeah. it like, oh, I don't know who this mystery guy is. Yeah.
0: Keep yeah, going, buddy. My... It, yeah. it it takes me a millisecond to block you. And I like I like seeing your creativity shine through. i just
1: you know like what what would possess you to do that like i've disliked some things i dislike this fantasy person's content I'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go hop in the chat and go spam my days away uh, um let's see uh let's see
0: what corbin
1: welsh is gonna do to us here no he's he's got a oh, travis atn a nice european sounding name that i can tell myself <laughs> to.
0: There's Brits. They're just a hop and a skip from France. Always he's grabbing Travis Etienne.
1: <laughs> oh, go to the, uh, let me see country, the queue. We'd call uh, a wanker, a Nick Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> let me see the queue. Yeah, okay. Let's take Kittle. Um, like, Brees Hall seems pretty appealing, but I guess Kittle too. I wouldn't mind. Kittle's great. Okay. I like, I like Brees Hall at this value point. It's just now that we took other running backs as decent values. I mean, Kittle is, I think...
0: Equally, if not a better value. I mean, any K- Kittle anytime after in the fifth round is just absurd to me.
1: I agree. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like I feel like there's more variability for Darren Waller where he'll go in like the mid 30s. Sometimes he'll go in like late 40s. Kittle is just steadily now going late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy
0: to me. He was a two three turn pick last year, and the ceiling on this offense is much higher this year. Um, don't really no. get it, and we know how much of an edge uh, a dominant tight end is and in a tight end that can put up 30 plus point weeks and really separate from the field during the big money weeks. He's a
1: smash pick. No, I, I strongly agree with that, and uh, I, I actually been taking some more Vegas uh, Vegas Niners stacks just because, like, I think that's still my favorite Week 17 matchup. Knowing that it's weatherproof, knowing that um, I think these offenses are still a little bit undervalued. Like Derek Carr will sometimes go in like the 120 range, and I don't, I don't think that's right. Um, I'm a big believer in that game. Like I think, uh, obviously, we can joke all we want about the Jets Seattle game. If I had to like really put my money behind one game, I do think that the Vegas uh, Niners game to me is looking like my favorite Week 17. Yeah, it's a it's a fun one.
0: Uh, I am definitely excited about that game. I'm also laughing. I didn't pick up on this because when you floated Brees Hall, I was like, I have been having to twist your arm to take two running backs. Why are you floating Brees Hall? Nick saw right through it. You were you were just excited about the correlation.
1: I mean, look, it looks like a great week seventeen correlation, Pete. As we know, it's the most important thing. And when you see your favorite fantasy analyst not doing it on on underdog, you have to ask some questions. That's right. Yeah, correlation bros on edge early here. Um, I
0: am. Uh, I just I just don't stress the uh, the correlation early. I, I worry about it um, once we really get rolling.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I, I just thought Brees Hall is a good value there. It wasn't really informed by the DK Metcalf thing, and, and I personally prefer an elite tight end rather than trying to force on another running back there. But I think if we hadn't taken one of Swift or Javante, like you, I would have probably just been like, let's just do Hall.
0: Yeah. Let's see here. Man, Russell Gage going in the sixth round these days. That yeah, we're, we're close. We're close to the flipping there, right? Because he just Godwin and Gage just went back to back, right? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah.
1: That doesn't that doesn't feel totally right to me, especially if, you know, I have tried to take what you said about trying to draft more for weeks, you know, 15 through 17. Um, and just consider that as a way to gauge ADPs. It feels like Russell Gage would not be drafted right after Chris Godwin in that kind of scenario. No. It's it's probably the, the the correct answer is they probably are both a little too pricey right now.
0: I mean, I still love Godwin. I've I've been I've been drafting him at basically all of his prices. Um, who do we have available to us here? Oh, Elijah. we. I, I think. Um, I mean, Elijah. Elijah Moore is a is an awesome pick for us if he if he makes it.
1: Well, he's in the queue. So don't don't you screw us here, GA.
0: Yeah, uh, Amari. I mean. I've been out on Amari, but I guess at these prices, it's getting a little more interesting. But uh, yeah, definitely Elijah.
1: All right there you go. There Elijah you go,
0: Spags. I mean, can I? How about an olive branch? We get you another wide receiver and a correlated one at that.
1: I mean, what if Tyler Lockett lines up there? Then it feels like we're we're asking for a Drew Lock clip. People were demanding a Drew Lock clip earlier when I soapboxed about him a little bit. Who? No one was demanding a clip. I think uh, OX uh, was demanding it. If I, I recall correctly. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corbin Wells should would probably love uh, it too. Drew Law, the old timey detective. Doesn't Drew it seem like
0: Andrew is demanding it.
1: Maybe I should make a Gino Smith clip for us like there's no way like okay so geno smith to me is like he's not the guy you get to in week 17 he's the guy that if anything you start in the beginning and you're like all right well we know what the ceiling is here let's go with the other guy somebody like on twitter was like oh yeah like we carol probably would love to start drew lock because you just have another running back and i'm like isn't that what we fucking love in fantasy is a quarterback that's basically a running back <laughs> Someone's
0: saying Jets, Seahawks, Week 17 overrated. I, I mean, I've never heard anyone overrating this game. Spags is literally the only one who likes this game.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. Um, so I don't love anything here.
0: I I would probably just take Iyuk here um, and just double up on the Niners.
1: Okay. What do you think? I mean, well, shouldn't we take Trey Lance first then? Um. He does go. I'm going to, I'm going to take Terry Lance. He's, he's okay. going too fast for me. Like, I think, let me see, would scroll, up, scroll
0: up. See, yeah, I guess I just, I normally, I felt like we had a little more quarterback cover with Burrow, but how long until we picked again? Yeah, we
1: don't pick until the 90s.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, like I'm I just I've seen Trey Lance go in 70 in a couple of drafts. Again, like I spammed a lot of drafts this afternoon because the mother-in-law is here taking care of Lucas. So I finally can actually, you know, <laughs> focus on the important things in life. And um Trey Lance was going in the 70s and a couple of them. Like he's going a lot where I think he's being properly seen up. He was even in like an SI fantasy article today, where like late Ryan QBs that you need to that you need to know. And I was like, Yeah, okay. We need to know Trey Lance, huh? And Derek Carr. I, I just love this
0: image, your mother-in-law taking care of your child while you draft best ball teams and then like furiously write down how you're ready to roast this content creator who double tapped two elite quarterbacks at a hyper fragile build while she's like throwing up while Luke is throwing up on your mother-in-law.
1: Well, the issue with Luca right now is like, I'm trying to make sure that everybody in the house recognizes that he's got to be forced to take naps because um, he's been overtired a lot lately because people want to just keep him up and just like hang out with him, And that's not the most beneficial for when you have a baby as some of the dads in the chat, I'm sure can attest to. Um, So I was just downstairs. In fact, like hoping he was getting put down for a nap, working out, putting my phone up on like the thing so I could see when I pick was up. So I was getting that high T going, but still not drafting running backs. Um, I don't, uh, I don't recognize Michael in the chat and when people ask
0: uh, questions in earnest, I'm happy to uh, talk about it. Michael says, why do people like Trey Lance over Justin Fields? Um, My guess um, and why I like Trey Lance over Justin Fields is just because that scheme and that offense and the weapons are just way more equipped to put up monster scores. We've basically seen the bears not surround fields with, with any additional weapons this year after losing, losing Robinson and Pringle, sorry to all the, the Jones truthers out there and not really allowing Justin Fields to succeed via like RPOs. just no creativity in the offense. So I think the offensive ceilings in Chicago versus San Francisco are in just like different stratospheres And, um, but I understand what you're saying. Like if you swap Justin Fields and Trey Lance, like I would still be way in on the Niners and Fields over Lance. So it's, it's more of like a team thing, but I I get your point. Like they came in as kind of similar prospects with similar skill sets in that way. But yeah, I, I don't think it's close.
1: Yeah, I think the weapons are so much better for the Niners. Also, the coaching is so much better. Like, and the Bears didn't go to an offensive coach. They went to a, a you know, defensive coach, which I think uh, reflects, to me, a little bit more poorly on the outlay. And actually, like, I like Darnell Mooney. Like, I think he's a little bit undersized. But, like, in, ter- in terms of his profile, he's had a 25% target share earlier in his career, which uh, could portend a breakout. But I think Trey Lance, like, I know uh, I think it was buying for talking about it recently that he was trying to do projections or yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was him. And he's talking about like Trey Lance. Basically, if you're doing his rushing projection, it's like you, you basically have to project him for an ungodly amount of touches in a way that you can't project many quarterbacks. And that is something you can't say about Justin Fields, even if he does make some improvements. Um, Traylon Burks. Uh,
0: yeah, that looks good to me. Yeah, I'm, doing. I'm, I'm buying this Traylon Burks dip. The only question is if, it, if the dip keeps coming, um, like I was talking on Swolecast today that I thought it was weird that just as much as people are down on Burks that he's still ahead of Garrett Wilson. Like that just seems like such an obvious ADP flippening to me. Um, so, but yeah, I'm I'm going to keep buying Burks as he drops.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's my highest exposed best ball mania player right now at receiver, um, and I feel perfectly okay about that. I was actually uh, on a Twitter thread with this guy. Uh, actually, Tommy Stocks who sometimes is in our chat, so he's a, a nice guy, but he's like a player takes guy, and he was saying, like, oh, I don't see the upside in Gabe Davis. Like, he also doesn't like Bateman. Like, he doesn't like all these guys that are, like, you know, the young guys that kind of profile somebody that could break out. And I think for me, I'm always willing to take guys like Burks or, or you know Mooney or really like Bateman, especially uh, DK Metcalf, like anybody that people are like trying to poke holes in because they weren't great last year or they don't have a profile from last year. And Burks to me, like yeah, all the college numbers, like he's the guy that comes in probably best equipped to to handle a big load in the NFL. You would think.
0: Yeah, and I mean the market is just so kind of irrational sometimes with these news reports. I mean, the the famous one last year, and I'm not saying Traylon Burks is Jamar Chase, but they were both, you know, heavily drafted um wide receivers. It was all the drop stuff with Jamar Chase last year in the preseason. We literally saw his ADP drop from like the late fourth to the early sixth in some drafts, just because of that report. And that's kind of what this asthma one feels like to me. Like, did anything really change? um with the burks projection do we really think the titans or let's make this pick here
1: yeah should we do walker
0: um or
1: sure. her
0: i also wouldn't i wouldn't mind taking claypool too if we just don't want to get buried by this avalanche
1: okay well, let's see if i can get there uh i got him all right cool yeah, I mean, I don't mind taking Walker here, but and we did miss out on Lockett as the chat pointed out too. So the Drew Lock stack getting less appealing. But I suppose Noah Fant still lurks out there, Pete. Um,
0: I like Noah Fant. Um, no, but this this one too, it just like when I sometimes look at the board like that, um, I do think we're playing a little catch up at wide receiver because of the ante Williams pick. So I don't mind taking Claypool a little bit ahead of ADP. And then you saw how many good kind of like running back options there were there and i think we could kind of push it a little bit here and basically i mean you could go back to the board like if we were able to get kind of two of those running backs and it would require a couple of them to fall um Mm. like any of basically any of the green we see on the board here i think we could justify a four running back build if we kind of even double tapped
1: to two of these running backs here No, it's definitely not of an approach I'm usually doing because I definitely am always taking a few in the late rounds to try to get just more guys that can be a lottery ticket for me. But, um, yeah, I don't mind taking some running backs coming up. Um, Somebody had a point. Oh, yeah, Claypool. So, like, the Claypool thing is interesting because Deontay Johnson, like, that news coming out about the Steelers and they're like, we're not paying any receiver $20 million. Feels like that's bad juju, no pun intended, for Deontay Johnson and what we just saw. They handled juju too, like they would have taken him back for the cheap. But even uh, I think the Chiefs got him for like not a crazy contract. And they didn't want to hit that. It feels like that kind of portends like Johnson maybe having one of those cursed years where the effort's not fully there and Claypool does take that leap.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I think I like all of the Steelers um, at at or around ADP right now. Um, I grab Deontay Johnson when he slips a couple picks. I would say I'm above market on Chase Claypool. I'm willing to take him about a round ahead of ADP if I get, you know, in spots like this. And then Pickens, I'm always happy to kind of select uh, if I'm setting up a correlation thing there. But yeah, it does feel to me like Chase Claypool has more outs to having a smash year. Just when you when you think about these prices, like you know, Deontay Johnson would probably have to score a shit ton of touchdowns to end up as like a second round pick next year. Um, and his, his kind of projection is just so much more volume based where Chase Claypool with his, you know, yards after catch ability, deep downfield ability, um, you know, kind of touchdown expectation. I feel like there's just more outs to him destroying his ADP, um, in jumping up, you know, five, six rounds as a pick next year. Like if Chase Claypool is a fourth round pick next year, like that wouldn't shock me at all, where it would kind of shock me if Deontay Johnson was like a one, two turn pick next year.
1: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And Claypool, just to me, like the sixty, you know, sixty points in draft capital that you're giving up for, for taking Deontay Johnson over Claypool. And I don't know that it should be that way, especially with the new quarterback situation, whether it's Trubisky or Pickett. Like I certainly think it's Pickett. And Pickett showed no like no fear of throwing the deep ball. So um Kareem Hunt fell more, and that feels pretty nice here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should we should scoop this up here.
1: All right. Yeah, it's not nobody ever wants to take Kareem Hunt. I know you're more of a Dearness Johnson guy, but yeah. No. twenty picks behind ADP or twenty picks behind ADP—that's a lot. I'm—I'm I'm a bull. I—I I forget who I was talking about this with, but I mean
0: the the Dearness, Johnson both cut and trade rumors have been out there for a while now, and I I love Hunt and Johnson both as as picks because if if one of them gets moved, um, the other is going to see such a big boost in value right now, and then to get him when we are you know in a nice running back pocket of the draft at a really extreme value, uh, I think makes a ton of sense.
1: And Josh pointing out too that he could be the uh, Claypool could be the Mike Williams of last year, jump from rounds 10-ish to three to four, same type yeah. of wide receiver. Like, that makes sense, like a deep ball guy who could uh, just get there with a touchdown volatility, which ran bad for him last year. Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the Pittsburgh offense. Like it's hard to sort of justify Pickett right now until you know, like he's gonna start at some point in the year, you would think, but I guess it's possible Trubisky is just mediocre enough to to keep it going but like i if that offense if you do pick it was going to start like i feel like the Steelers stack to me is pretty appealing because they and baltimore could both be much more offensively minded than they were last year
0: yeah no for sure um harbs our buddy hello from copenhagen uh enjoy harbs that sounds very fun i feel
1: like has harbs been the one is he the one in europe no there was another guy who was complaining about not being able to draft while on vacation uh, in Europe.
0: <laughs> yeah um, uh,
1: i will also say i
0: mean pe- penny here is it looks pretty nice to me. What do you
1: think? Yeah, I mean, we didn't take Walker, so that always that fits my brain logic of we didn't take Walker, so something's wrong with Ken Walker and that sort of play. And Rashad Penny, like I was getting a lot of Penny earlier in the drafts, so and now he just doesn't fall where I am a lot ADP wise, but like he's a good value, and it's totally possible he holds off Kenneth Walker enough to, to be useful.
0: Yeah, and I kind of um we're in a fun spot with this draft now where I think we have a lot of luxury. Um, as far as how we build this out, we could easily do a two QB two tight end build here. And then that would get, allow us to still draft five more wide receivers if we were okay with four running backs. And I do, I, I, I think you can make a case for a fifth running back late on this team for sure. That wouldn't really bother me. But I also think if we're feeling exposed at wide receiver, that we could definitely justify, um, a a 10 wide receiver build. So I kind of like the flexibility here
1: what are you thinking we should be trying to do at QB?
0: So this could be another instance where if we're not feeling as exposed at, uh, wide receiver, where we could build out like a three quarterback build where we're grabbing, you know, um, like a, a Zach Wilson and Kenny Pickett, uh, or mm-hmm. Zach Wilson and Ryan Tannehill. So,
1: Wait, wait, isn't there another combination there that's you know available because of our receivers? No,
0: I'm I'm kind of just scanning. I guess. <laughs> we, oh, you're saying Jacoby Brissett with uh, Kareem Hunt?
1: No, I think there's a guy who's yeah, had some clips on the show. Oh, Jared, Jared Goff
0: with DeAndre Swift because yeah, Jared uh, DeAndre Swift will catch some passes. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that at all.
1: We did pass up Kirk Cousins and like I'm okay with it, but it does feel like maybe we could have taken Kirk Cousins over Penny. That'd be one pivot that we could have made. Um, because we have Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like I should have advocated more for Kirk Cousins, but I you know, I don't know. Kind of didn't occur to me <laughs> for being <shit> honest. Happens. <laughs> it was feeling like we both wanted to to really do like a, a scanning the bottom of the barrel for QB for QB2. <laughs> uh, all right. It's funny Sam from FTN gets in all these drafts. Like I wonder if this is like part, he's like part of my my whole process. I gotta make sure to get in every streamer draft possible. I know. I mean,
0: Sam's a smart dude in a grinder. Um, I'm kind of offended that he thinks we're so,
1: you know, plus E V to draft with. He doesn't know that these guys are steaming up wide receivers left and right. If someone's good amount of a yellow on the board, it looks like, especially that left side of the board. I I think we recovered pretty well. Um and
0: we 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 have volume on our side here too, where we're gonna we're gonna get to nine or ten wide receivers. Um right. also, I mean, Friarmouth is a is a slam dunk pick for us here.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. He's been falling, he was fallen in, I think, about half the drafts I, I had today too. And I don't really know why. Like sometimes those things happen, and I really don't have any indication why if it's just variance being in different rooms, but it does feel like to me like Fryermuth may maybe a little bit undervalued compared to some of these other guys in this range. I think so, but oh no, spags, oh no. By week
0: Twitter is going to come for us. scroll down to our tight ends. Look oh. at our tight ends. Oh no.
1: Oh no. Spags. Week nine lit on fire. Wow. Wow. Going to have to bury our heads in the sand for week nine. Week nine doesn't exist. Week nine, the least important week in football, A new video coming out in the deposit kingdom chat. <laughs> let's uh, let's see here. Um, what's the, uh, what was uh
0: fryer Moose ADP? Did we value how in that one? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 16. Points. Oh, yeah. Oh, 16 Ooh. picks. Uh. Not bad. And but, I yeah. I also, I kind of like these, some of these wide receiver options here for us. Um, You know, you can make cases. Devontae Parker gives us another backdoor stack option with Mac Jones. Jalen Tolbert gives us a correlated option with Traylon Burks. And then go back, there's one more I was going to mention. DJ Chark, if we want to build out a double stack with Goff, in swift so i'm good with uh tolbert goes so i would say parker or Chark here for me
1: um we could also do cart well i guess we're done it- we're done at running back for now um i'll go let's go Chark. i don't get a lot of Goff. though we don't have we don't have anybody from chicago as-, as a bring back i guess we could get herbert maybe at some point if we wanted no because you know i'm just so not used to drafting running backs this high where i'm like recommending running backs and we should not logically take another running back
0: yeah. I mean, I, I just think of like where, okay, we use two early picks on them and then we use two kind of, you know, mid round picks to get guys that, I mean, we, we feel pretty confident cream hunt and Rashad Penny are going to be touching the ball uh, a decent amount. It's not like their contingency bait. Like I think it, maybe if we had an Alexander Madison there, then we're like, all right, we for sure need a fifth. Whereas right now, I think it's more flexible and that flexibility though would come with like either a really scooping value. Like if we had a guy drop another 20 picks after ADP, I think we have the green light to grab a fifth or like in the 17th or 18th round. um, I think we could tack on another like big upside swing uh, there as well.
1: How do you feel about what uh, I was inverted here doing with the two tight ends, you know, lower draft capital, doing them back to back? Because that's actually an approach I've liked a lot when I've had the turn picks where you just knock out a position, especially like the onesie positions like QB or tight end. And I like. I think that's a sneaky move that sometimes winds up well, especially with this run of tight ends.
0: Yeah, let me see their other picks there. So they have the we have Denver and New England. Actually, the roster here. Hold on. There. Uh, there we go. I mean, I do love those those two tight ends as far as uh as far as picks. Ooh, so we got the uh, the Chargers double stack going there, and um, yeah. So yeah. not no correlation here. We have a little team bet on new England. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like those guys.
1: Yeah. I, I I, think that's one of the things with the turn that I like a lot is just being able to kind of take guys that fit your, your build a little bit more with the the luxury of just having two picks in a row.
0: Yeah. And, um, the other thing I like about the double tap and the same way I was thinking about our penny and hunt picks is, you know, you get into dicey territory if you only take, say, like Albert O there, and you're like, "This might need to be a three tight end build." Whereas when you double tap Albert O and Hunter Henry, I think you're you're pretty comfortable there with a two tight end build.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. Uh, hmm. yeah. Wide receivers, Curtis Samuel going in the 14th. I feel like that's not one I see the most often. Yeah. How many wide receivers are we up to now? Six. Yeah, yeah. we're at yes yeah, six. We're at a one four six two.
0: And we're, we're in a kind of nice spot with our kind of the quarterback stuff because we have a few different backstops here where I don't think we have to, like, force it um, here as well. And this could be – I was going to maybe float that we could do TDP as our fifth running back there just with our 49ers just because there isn't mm. really super attractive unless we want to tack on Juwan Jennings at the end, which I'm fine with.
1: Danny Gray doesn't get drafted anymore, which makes me sad as somebody who got some early Danny Gray shares.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that that's just like a product of, it's not like I'm super confident that Danny Gray versus Juwan Jennings week 17, but the, the beats all say Juwan Jennings is, is the guy there right now.
1: All right. We're back on the clock here. Um, we could take Zach Wilson if we wanted to, but we also, I guess making the bet on the lions. Now we don't need to do that. Uh, Alec Pierce, maybe.
0: Yeah, I would do. Or if we want to kind of like really go in on the Steelers, um, I would do pick, Pickens or Pierce is fine with me.
1: Let's all right, let's do Pickens. Why not? We'll get crazy. Yeah. Boy, this is a big bet with nobody on Baltimore. So we have to take somebody from Baltimore. I feel like if we're going to bet that big on Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, and there's a. I mean, Baltimore is such an easy one there. I mean. I was uh, we brought it up on the show the other day. I was saying, oh, do we do we do we want to be in the business of tailing the uh, settlement bros? But there's been a little drumbeat about James proche now, um, being the uh being the wide receiver too there. But I- any of Prosh, uh Duvernay, or Wallace, I think, is a pretty easy tack on for us. And I've I've done some drafts specifically if I'm back to our stacking Lamar, where I've grabbed two of those three guys. And I think even in a build like this, where we're going to get to nine or ten wide receivers, we and we're clearly heavy on this game. Uh, I think we could potentially go to Ravens receivers as well.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Cause I feel like they all have an argument for him. Like Duvernay I think profiled well out of college and then approach uh, also, you know, lesser competition to think at SMU, but profiled pretty well. Tylen Wallace like looks pretty good. If you pull up his profiles, his draft profiles, his spark scores, all that stuff. Like, I think it's tough to parse out that wide receiver to enough that taking any of them probably could be justified at this point.
0: Yeah. 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 So we're at one, four, seven, two. I mean, I guess then the real question, if we are kind of game stacking that game, you know, I I'm, I'm pretty okay with, if if you're comfortable with our current running backs, I'm okay with a three. Is Zach Wilson still available? Or did he go? He went, ah, he went bummer. Um, I'm okay with a three QB build. If we wanted to do like a Goff and pick it. Um, We'd but say, I mean, golf
1: is ahead of ADP right now.
0: Let's just take Goff because I think all of our other targets with like the Ravens wide receivers and stuff are going to be so far down that we're going to end up, you know, reaching for someone anyways.
1: We talk about two different QBs with Trey Lance and Jared Goff, like in every imaginable way. <laughs> I like, I like that pairing though. Yeah, it's, I mean, Goff was like Goff has started 60 times a game last year and it's not like the coaching staff changed. If anything, he just got more weapons and you know, the defense should be a little better, but it's not like they're going to be world beaters by any stretch. Yeah, so I think I think my preference would be
0: Kenny Pickett and a Ravens wide receiver to round this out. Um, you could also, another option, if you wanted the fifth running back, I, I do really like Tyler Beatty as a flyer um, if we wanted to. But that would put us at how many wide receivers are we at, at right now?
1: We're at seven right now.
0: So where are you at on the 3QB thing? That's really the big decision here.
1: I mean, I think at this point we have to take Pickett. Like I'm normally not doing three QBs because I do try to get guys from round six through 13 if I can, just based on my general roster construction stuff that, that I, I like the most. Um, but I think with Goff, like we took on a little bit of, you know, iffiness there that I don't mind taking Pickett and, and just having three of the pass catchers. Like you should might as, might as well just take the guy i think at this point well and this is where alex is uh, and if you guys missed
0: it last week on lulz we had Osimo on and we were talking a bit about his article talking about 3qb stuff and one of the most convincing point like i'm still not personally sold on just like always jamming 3qb builds because of that extra stuff but when you end up in spots where you can naturally get to 3qb builds his point was that a lot there's gonna be a lot of like natural selection bias to the teams that arrive in the finals. And that, you know, if you have Mahomes that just goes nuclear two weeks in a row, like almost all of the teams are going to have Mahomes and similar, like if there's two quarterbacks that go nuclear, a large percentage of the field is going to have both of those. So say in our scenario, Trey Lance goes nuts and there's a lot of Trey Lance teams. Well, now we have kind of two outs for unique stacks and, you know, having a shot at a a golf stack hitting, or in this case, a Kenny Pickett stack hitting, just having another out at a unique stack. Once you get there is a very compelling argument to me for, for three QB teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess was that, was that what Alex Because I didn't get to watch the whole episode of that. So I actually missed that portion, but like um, he was saying like, you still should have them double stacked ideally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's because it's that same thing. Like you're, you're hoping to get that kind of correlation Mm -hmm. benefit there. So, you know, I'm feeling good about, you know we we are now setting up i guess with san francisco we're going to just have a skinny stack with lance which is fine um but then we'll have the picket uh triple stack and we'll have a golf double stack so i feel like that's uh that works out pretty well
1: well we still could take we could take a, a niners receiver and we could take Pickett, and we could take a uh a ravens guy wait
0: we oh we have 3 picks left yeah well, I, for some reason i thought we were down to 2 picks yeah totally um
1: so should i take picket now i'm trying to think what's the order of operation i don't
0: i don't think it matters because all of the guys we want adp wise are just like we're not going to get sniped on anyone we want all right so yeah so we're definitely taking um yeah we could do we could get our double stack right we could get our Jawan jennings and then our baltimore bring back
1: yeah that works and spelling Jawan right on one try felt good wow I think I'm team proche now, honestly. I should pull up what that report was. Well, I think it's that he's running with the, t- like, he's been the number two guy all camp, I guess. And um, and then he also, like, he did have some positive games down the home stretch of last year that it makes sense, too, with the carryover. I still think it's flatter, though. Like, it wouldn't shock me if Wallace passed him or, you know, like, Pro could get banged up, too. He's not, like, a big receiver. The Athletics,
0: uh, Jeff Zreebik, apologies if I butchered your name, uh, reports James Proch continually stood out in Ravens minicamp. Bateman will enter the season This team's clear-cut number one with the number two spot up for grabs. Um, What did he say? I think he'll get a bigger opportunity this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if he emerges as a reliable target, particularly on third downs for Jackson. Proch has a really good hands, and there's a toughness and confidence about him that suggests he's ready to become a bigger contributor. So, yeah, like I said, I have zero, you know, confidence on any of these guys, but because I had so much Wallace and Duvernay early, I've definitely started to kind of balance
1: it out with some Proche. Justin Watson getting drafted is something I was not uh not expecting. Uh okay. Wait, let's take Jennings first, just in yeah. case somebody scoops us proche given that we just talked about him and and gave a, a nice quote for him and then this way we could still get Beatty and get some Ravens correlation late. Yeah, well or or Wallace or Duvernay. Yeah, or, or Wallace. Wallace or yeah whatever. Duvernay. Duvernay's still sitting there. Put them all in the queue. So the chat
0: isn't just staring at one name. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I was dying. Last, so I, I wasn't on ship chasing last night. I, I tuned in at the very end. Um, And I was, I mean, Pat went for the robust queue strategy of just putting every single player <laughs> <laughs> in the queue. Um, I mean, just a ballsy strategy one, you know, just advertising to the chat, what you want to do. And two with Pat's internet connection, and sometimes you'll get that refresh glitch Mm -hmm. on underdog sometimes. And, uh, I normally, I normally never get it on desktop, but sometimes on my phone, I'll get that
1: little glitch and, uh, whoever's in the queue. is who's going. Uh, like I think that the queue, I, I use the queue a lot more when I was first getting my my feeling for everything and like the week seventeen correlations in the stacks. and now I don't use the queue very much. But on a stream, like I don't see the benefits of using the queue because I feel like it just it fucks up the process, I think more than it helps. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not a I'm not a queue guy. I'm not a queue. Not
0: a Q and on guy, not a draft queue guy. I get uh, it. People though. are really
1: hoping you're gonna come out pro QAnon. That's what <laughs> everybody on the channels would waiting for. It's like Pete seems like he's so smart, seems like he's got it all together, but he's got to be something behind the veil. And it's that he's a big QAnon guy and a big pizza gate guy.
0: Yeah, you know, I try to keep that, you know, close to the vest. Uh Michael says, Is it pronounced proche or proche? I honestly don't know. I just say proche. Um, I'm I could very much be wrong on that. Um, I don't have the confidence in I that I
1: do with uh Albert Akui uh, I have no idea on Proche and Proche. Which uh, which interpretation of his last name would make him sound like a better fantasy player? Because I think it's Proche than Proche. Proche is way... Yeah, Proche feels so stuffy and pretentious.
0: I mean, they, they, <laughs> it feels like he would just get a nick and then, you know, prance off the field.
1: Yeah, Proche is like, oh, the, the this Frenchman at receiver, how could we trust him? Especially on 4th of July week. How, how could we? Yeah. It's actually Proc. <laughs> <sighs> i think proc sounds the most powerful out of all of them it does all right let's we we did recover pretty well i think this team is not bad i still i still just hate taking running backs early but we got to do it sometimes right spags it's either (laughs) quantity or quality we got two good ones at the top i like this build It is. I have been much more quantity. I will say tomorrow I'm planning on doing the Rotoviz Explorer to open my solo stream just to show exactly why I draft the way that I do. Because I've now spent, Pete, a disgusting amount of time on your account on the Rotoviz Explorer and um, having a lot of time building teams. But boy, I think it's a compelling argument to be made that will be presented on tomorrow's stream.
0: Wow, I'm excited to see it. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll be your second hit. Ah, pros. (laughs) I'm telling you there we go it's like there is no world in where g go to ga's team we, ho- well, we which one are we in- going with first um i i kind of like wallace over duvernay but i don't know all right why not
1: all right ga I'm ga not- definitely took it he did the oh, old Josh has-
0: trick he- Oh no. Wow. okay there. at least he has lamar that makes it less egregious
1: you know, I, I guess think you... at one point, like all GA sniped us a lot on streams in general. And I do think he was like, no, just, I, I swear I to do it on purpose. I did it because it like, <laughs> so I think he's one of those guys that's deliberately trying to not fuck us over.
0: Tyler says, I hate Ravens wide receiver, wide receiver two bring backs feels like such a poor bet. I mean, go look at the queue, Tyler, <laughs> show, show me who's such a much better bet at this point in the draft. Um, Odell Beckham. Yeah who doesn't even have legs. Um, show me the other wide receivers that are better bets here. Specs.
1: Um uh, uh, Chanel. Oh.
0: Okay. Maybe a better bet. Uh, <laughs> Justin Ross might not make the team. Randall Cobb, the Packers wide receiver nine. There's no opportunity cost there.
1: And that's why the correlation is just like the easy tiebreaker. And yeah, there's like big. opportunity. Oh, go ahead. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, do you? Yeah, we, you got to go. So we, we don't need to look at the teams. We need to sauce anybody here. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm with you overall. Like I think um, the, the, we just take one of the players <laughs> just hope that it works out and and we'll take the different ones. Right. Pete, of course, like we're drafting all summer long. We can take approach another day. We could take Duvernay another day. We can take whatever guys we want.
0: Well, yeah. And we always joked around Pat had this thing last year where it was like, you'd have your flavor of the week late round pick where it's like, Oh, whatever running backs getting buzz or that you're into for that week. And you draft a bunch of them and then move on. Like what of Pat's last year was Ramon J. Stevenson. He drafted him for like two weeks, then moved on. I mean, is long like the two things I think about with my late round picks is am I correlating? And is this guy not getting drafted in every draft? And that's a big bonus for me because you're now starting to see, and we'll still see shuffling on this, but you're seeing some of those guys that we were looking at, like a, like a Brian Robinson is like, you know, a a great example. And I I can think of a few others that are just like getting drafted in like 95 to hundred percent of drafts as like that final one. And then the player just below them, like is Brian Robinson like that much better of a bet than Tyler Beatty? Sure. Maybe we can squibble over like a five percentage point more likely to hit thing, but it's like Tyler Beatty's is going to be drafted in like 10% of these. And Brian Robinson's going to be drafted in 90% of those. So those are the two things I think about late. And so I'm happy to go dig further down in the dumpster for proche proche. Um, if it means I'm
1: mixing it up and getting a more unique guy, would you ever draft Mike Davis in the 18th round? No. He's currently running with the ones for the Baltimore Ravens, Pete. Well, everyone must be out sick or something, or maybe it was like (laughs) a make a wish thing. Uh, Pete, what's the plug here? Of course, randomizer coming up tonight with Mike Leone, right? Uh, Yes.
0: Uh, Randomizer with Leone. That'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. Looking forward to that. And uh, Brian and I, our schedules were out of sync today, um, but I think we're going to pre-record a little Best Ball Lols episode tonight, and I'll probably drop that uh,
1: tomorrow pre-recorded content that's a new you you and brian have never pre-recorded right um well because we want to do people are still have questions about
0: the uh the brick draft caddy Mm -hmm. and how to use it a little bit so we're going to try to do a bit more of a tutorial on that as opposed to uh just you know having the chat
1: bark at us for an entire episode <laughs> demand you dance for them like the clowns yes. you are. Yes, I actually have to install that that into my yep. my uh, Mozilla this weekend, so I'll, I actually should prioritize doing that. Uh, yep. Pete, of course, should be followed at Peter Over. Check out all the content he's doing. Uh, follow me at Chris Bags. Follow at Splash Play Pod. Of course, subscribe to the Peach Channel. Subscribe to the Splash Play channels as well to get my exclusive solo stream coming up tomorrow. And check out Football Outsiders too. We're rolling out some of the patches. I think our projections for the uh, preseason rankings and all that are available right now at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. So check that out as well. And Pete and I will be back on Monday at 2:30. So please enjoy your weekends and check out randomizer coming up in a few hours. Bye. Peace.